0: yet is a comedy about a family's renovation disaster when they moved a big house in the suburbs. One of the main characters in the movie is Chuck. We first meet him as a real estate agent who sells the home to the family. Even though the house needs a bit of work, the family decide they're going to buy the house. Chuck gives them then a number for a local contractor to help them do the building work. The next day, the family call out the contractor and who shows up, but Chuck turns out he's also a contractor. When he starts uh, looking around, he says, I think you should have got the house inspected. So he says, I'll go get the local inspector. So he goes out to his car, changes his hat, and comes back inside, as, of course, Chuck is a qualified inspector. As the movie goes on, we find out that Chuck is a karate expert. He has to be a professional basketball player. He's a couple's counselor, a champion speedwalker, and a midwife. (laughs) It's safe to say he wears a lot of hats, and he does a lot of jobs. This evening, I'm speaking on... The work of the holy spirit and when marty told me that's what i had to speak on i thought of chuck because the holy spirit wears a lot of hats and he does a lot of different rules some of the rules of the holy spirit include him being a Helper, advocate, teacher, he convicts people of their sin, he speaks to believers, he gives wisdom, leads, intercedes, sanctifies, produces fruit in believers, pours out God's love on believers, he's involved in creation, abides within believers, he unites us to Christ, he's involved in the incarnation, he worked in Jesus, he gives Jesus power to do miracles, he brings resurrection, he comforts, he gives wisdom, he renews and regenerates, he inspired biblical authors, he gives spiritual gifts, and he seals believers for redemption. That's just to name a few of his rules. Now, if I was to explain each one of these one by one, I think everyone would be asking, are we done yet? But instead, we're going to focus our attention on three things. You'll be glad to hear just three things that the Holy Spirit does in the life of a believer. So our first point is going to look at the life before a christian so the holy spirit teaches people the truth about god and sin and then we'll move on to the spirit's work in conversion talking about how the holy spirit indwells believers and helps them become holy and then we'll finish up and mention how the holy spirit guarantees our future new life with jesus but before we hop into all that good stuff josh is going to come And read from us from John 16. So, if you could turn up John 16 in your Bible, and Josh is going to read from verse 5 through to verse 15. And then after that, we're going to stand and sing again. Uh, John 16, starting from verse
1: 5. Now, I am going to him who sent me, yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin, and righteousness and judgment in regard to sin because men do not believe in me in regard to righteousness because i am going to the father where you can see me no longer and in regard to judgment because the prince of this world now stands condemned i have much more to say more than you can now bear but when he the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth. He will, not only, he will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you.
0: Before we come to God's word, let's pray. Father, we pray that the Spirit of God himself would be working in all of our minds and hearts to help us understand the wonderful things that the Holy Spirit does. Lord, we pray that your word would help us to know, love, and serve you more. Amen. Um, it's important that we know one thing at the start of this sermon. The Holy Spirit is God. There is one God who's made up of three different persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to get bogged down in the detail of God being three and yet one. John covered that very well last week. But the key point for us to remember at the start is that the Holy Spirit is God. So let's get started into point one that the Holy Spirit teaches people the truth about God and sin. From our reading we saw that in John 16 7 it says unless I go away the advocate will not come to you but if I go I will send him to you. Here we learn that the Holy Spirit would only be sent if Jesus goes away. Of course this going away Jesus is talking about is his ascension which happened after he rose from the dead We see from this verse that it is Jesus himself who will send the Holy Spirit In the following verses Jesus tells us that the Spirit he tells us about the Spirit that he is going to send So the Holy Spirit is going to prove to the world that it is wrong about sin, righteousness, and judgment. But why does he do this? Well, Jesus explains it in the next few verses. So in verse nine, Jesus says how the Holy Spirit is gonna prove the world to be wrong about sin because people do not believe in Jesus. So Jesus taught what was right and what was wrong. He often condemned people, especially the Pharisees for their sin. If people do not believe that Jesus is God's son and do not believe in following his other teaching, it means that they're opposed to God and living in sin. It's the job of the Holy Spirit to convict people that the way that they're living is opposed to the way that Jesus wants them to live. In verse 10, Jesus says how the Spirit will prove people wrong about righteousness because Jesus is going to heaven to be with his father. So people will no longer see him. I think initially this kind of sounds a bit strange, but I think it's actually very straightforward. So the Holy Spirit is gonna teach people about righteousness because people can no longer see Jesus' perfect example of living righteously. Jesus lived a perfect life. He was without sin. As well as living righteously, he also taught about righteousness. So Jesus in verse 10 is telling us that the Holy Spirit is gonna continue Jesus's ministry of teaching about righteousness. And then finally in verse 11, Jesus says how the Holy Spirit will prove people to be wrong about judgment because of the prince of the world now stands condemned. The prince of the world is one of Jesus's terms that he uses for the devil. So Jesus says that the Holy Spirit will teach people about their wrong views of judgment because the devil now stands condemned. So when Jesus rose from the dead, he defeated the devil. The world around us thinks that they're going to get away with all the wrong things that they do. Putin in Russia thinks he's too powerful to be punished. Perhaps friends we know don't think that God is real, so they think they can do whatever they want, and as long, it's, as, long as it's not legal, they won't be punished. But the Holy Spirit comes and cracks this belief, saying, even the prince of this world has been condemned to judgment. So why do you, who are much smaller and less powerful, think that you can escape judgment without turning from your sins and turning to Jesus? We've clearly seen so far that the Holy Spirit has a big job of teaching people about God and sin. But how does He do it? How does the Holy Spirit teach people? One danger is that we think that the Holy, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of Him teaching through visions or whispering the truth into people's ears. But the Holy Spirit's main mode of teaching and communication is through the Bible. The New Testament was written by eyewitnesses based on the life and teaching of Jesus and inspired by the Holy Spirit. The New Testament was written by Jesus based on the life and teaching of Jesus and inspired by the Holy Spirit. Christians primarily listen to God, not by sitting in a quiet room with their eyes closed, of course, God does speak in this way, but God's people listen to him speak through his word, the Bible. Christians primarily listen to God with their eyes open, looking at the Bible. So Christians, we primarily listen to God with our eyes open, looking at the Bible. Thankfully, the Holy Spirit doesn't just leave us to our own devices, but he himself gives us understanding of the scriptures. Do you ever read a book and think, I would understand this much better if the author was sitting beside me and just explaining it to me? In a sense, this is what it's like to have the Spirit living in us. He teaches us the things freely given to us by God. You may also think, When I read the Bible, that doesn't happen. Sometimes I don't understand a single thing that I read. We need to remember two things. Firstly, that anything that you understand about God has been enabled by the Spirit. As Christians, we sometimes wonder why the non-Christians around us can't see why the Bible's true. They just don't understand it. We should be thankful for the Spirit who helps us understand the things of God through the Word of God. And secondly, we must remember that the Spirit gifts some people with greater understanding of the Bible and gives them the ability to teach this to others. And that's why we join in church to hear the Bible preach. Some of you may be thinking at this point, it's a shame that the speaker of tonight doesn't have this gift, but I'll at least comfort you with the fact that I'm bringing my first point to close. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Jesus told us that the Holy Spirit would convict the world about sin. He would teach about God, righteousness, and judgment. In short, the Holy Spirit continues the teaching and convicting work of Jesus and he does it on a worldwide scale through the bible and through his work in the lives of individual people after point one we know that the spirit convicts us of sin and teaches us how to live through the bible but thankfully for us he doesn't just leave us high and dry with the guilt of sin an impossibly high standard of righteousness and the fear of coming judgment instead he comes and he makes his home in us And with that, we're going to move on to our second point. So the Holy Spirit indwells believers and helps them become holy. Nearly 600 years before Jesus came to earth, God spoke through his prophet Ezekiel, and he told him what he was going to do for his people in the future. He said, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Before any of this happened, Jesus came to earth. He taught people the truth and he lived a righteous and perfect life. Jesus did this all through the power of the Holy Spirit. Chris Durasch comments like, Throughout the whole life of Jesus, we see the Spirit of God is at work in him. So the Spirit is working in his conception. The Spirit comes and rests on Jesus at his baptism. After this, we see Jesus' ability to resist temptation in the wilderness. The Holy Spirit gives Jesus power to heal and cast out demons and do miracles. It's also by the power of the Spirit that Jesus proclaims the good news of the coming kingdom of God. And we see that it is the power of the Holy Spirit that emboldens Jesus to selflessly go to the cross and die for his people. During Jesus' ministries, at the peak of one of the biggest Jewish festivals, Jesus stands in the middle of the temple and proclaims, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. Perhaps that doesn't mean a whole lot to many of us, but John's gospel goes on to say that by living waters, Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit. So if we reread it with this understanding, Jesus proclaimed in the center of Jerusalem, whoever believes in me, the Holy Spirit will flow from within them. How amazing is this, that Jesus says, if you believe in him, he will give you the Holy Spirit to work within you. This isn't just any spirit. This is the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus' earthly body. And now it is dwelling in your body. Can we comprehend how amazing this is? Not only is it the same spirit that dwelt in Jesus, but in Philippians, Paul actually refers to the Holy Spirit as the spirit of Jesus Christ. Sinclair Ferguson summarizes this beautifully when he says, having the Holy Spirit is the equivalent of having the incarnate, obedient, crucified, resurrected, and exalted Christ, indwelling us so that we are united to him as he is united to the Father. I'm going to repeat that. Having the Holy Spirit is the equivalent of having the incarnate, obedient, crucified, resurrected, and exalting Christ, indwelling us so that we are united to him, as he is united to the Father. Tonight, if you believe in Jesus, through his spirit, Jesus is dwelling within you. That's just amazing. There are so many implications to this, and we're gonna look at one implication in this section, and then we'll move on to our last point and consider one more implication. But just before we do that, I have to say the following implications are only true if you have faith in Jesus and have repented of your sin. Now, what does that mean? It's as simple as ABC. Have you admitted you've sinned? Have you repented? Which means have you turned away from the wrong things you've done? And have you turned towards Jesus and how he instructs his people to live in the Bible? B, do you believe in Jesus? Do you trust his words to be true? and you trust that his death on the cross can save you from your sins. And you'll know that you're a Christian if you're a seeing continuing to trust God and continuing to turn from your sin. All of this is the work of the Holy Spirit to convict us of our sin, to help us believe in him, and to help us continue living for Jesus. As soon as someone confesses their sin and believes in Jesus, they're a Christian, which means God sends the Holy Spirit to start indwelling that person. He makes his home within them. They're born again. Now, when this happens, there usually aren't any fireworks or bright lights from heaven, but more likely, there'll be a quiet joy and peace that comes from knowing Jesus. We're gonna finish up this point talking about One of the implications of being indwelt by the Holy Spirit, which is the fact that we have been saved from sin. As a believer in Jesus, you're no longer a slave to sin. In Romans 6, it says, For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin for sin shall no longer be your master because you're not under the law but under grace as christians we are no longer slaves to sin we are free from its reign now at this point you may be thinking if i'm no longer a slave to sin why'd i keep on and on sinning. I know that I think this often. Well, by being united to Jesus, we are freed from sin's rule, but we're not yet freed from sin's influence. By being united to Jesus, we are freed from sin's rule, but we're not yet freed from sin's influence. What this means is that sin no longer reigns over us There is now no sinful temptation that we are unable to resist. But as people still living in sinful earthly bodies, we still face temptation. And there will certainly be times that all of us give into that temptation and sin. But as people who are indwelt by the Spirit, we're helped to fight against our sin and become more holy, which means to become more like Jesus. This process is called sanctification. Sanctification is a big word, but sanctification is the Holy Spirit progressively delivering us from the influence of sin. So sanctification is the Holy Spirit progressively delivering us from the influence of sin. While we become more holy, we will still sin as we're in earthly bodies. So what do we do as Christians when we sin? We turn back to Jesus, we believe that he's forgiven us of our sin, we say sorry and we seek to live according to his ways. It is by faith and repentance that the Spirit first brings us to Jesus, and it is by faith and repentance that the Spirit helps us to keep walking with Jesus. I'm going to repeat that. It is by faith and repentance that the Spirit first brings us to Jesus, And it is by faith and repentance that the Spirit helps us to keep walking with Jesus. We're going to finish up with our last, and you'll be glad to hear, Shortest point that the Holy Spirit guarantees our future new life with Jesus. I'm going to take this off because they are annoying me. Um, In point two, we talked about Christians' We talked about as Christians, the Holy Spirit indwells us, which means we are united to Christ. One implication of this is that the Spirit sanctifies us, meaning he makes us more like Jesus. But another implication of being united to Christ is that our future with him is guaranteed as the Holy Spirit unites us to Jesus, it means that God now looks at us with the, in the same way that he looks at Jesus. In 2 Corinthians, Paul says how God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So what Paul is saying is that Jesus, the only perfect, righteous human took upon himself our sin. And he paid the price for our sin, which is death. And then he rose from the dead, sinless and righteous. And in exchange for our sin, the risen righteous son of God comes and makes his home in us through the spirit. This is how we inherit Jesus's righteousness. Righteousness this is the most wonderful deal ever made to mankind now when god looks at us instead of seeing someone who is unrighteous and destined for hell god sees jesus's righteousness and he sees someone who's destined for heaven now not even death can separate us from god and his love how does this happen Well, in Romans 8 that we've recently been reading in the mornings, Paul says, if the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So as Christians, we have the hope of eternal life. And the thing that gives us confidence in eternal life is the Holy Spirit. We have confidence because the Spirit who resurrected Jesus 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem is the same Spirit working in us who will resurrect us and bring us to eternal life with God. The same Spirit who resurrected Jesus 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem is the same Spirit working in us who will resurrect us and bring us to eternal life with God. In Ephesians, the Holy Spirit is called a seal who marks us. He is a deposit guaranteeing our heavenly inheritance. It's like the king who every day walked past the orphan servant boy who sat at the palace gates. Then one day before the king leaves to carry out his duties in a foreign land, he says to the boy, when I come back, I will adopt you as one of my sons and let you reign with me. So as a guarantee, what does he do? He gives the boy a prince's crown and lets him eat in the palace with all the other princes and princesses. The king says, consider this a guarantee that I'll come back and let you reign with me in my kingdom. While this illustration gives us a little idea of what's going on, the issue is it falls far short of the reality. Instead of giving us a crown, what God does is he puts his very own spirit into believers. He gives us the spirit of sonship, the spirit of adoption. We are brought into God's family. That's what the spirit of God does. He begins the work of restoring humanity to what it was intended to be like. In Eden, man and God lived together in perfect harmony. Man was made in God's image, obeyed him and enjoyed him. Sin ruined that, bringing pain, death, and separation from God. But the Spirit of God working in Jesus has made an eternal relationship with God possible. And now the Holy Spirit works in us and believers to make us holy, to make us once again people who reflect and magnify God's glory and people who can enjoy relationship with God. The Holy Spirit acts in Christ and acts in God's children to bring about God's amazing genesis the revelation plan of salvation and reconciliation the holy spirit acts in christ and in us as god's children to bring about god's amazing genesis through the revelation plan of salvation and reconciliation i hope that this evening you are amazed at all that the holy spirit does i hope you are taken aback within wonder about the spirit that God himself has put into us, that God himself dwells within you. I hope that if you don't follow Jesus that you will start following him tonight. The opportunity to become a child of God is far, far, far too great to miss out on. It is Sunday night, and I've thrown a lot of info your way. And like we said at the start, the Holy Spirit is like Chuck. He does a lot of jobs. So I'm going to do a 90-second sermon recap. Uh, For those of you who haven't been listening, this is a great way to get all your information condensed into one little bit. So in point one, Uh, we were looking at the Holy Spirit teaching people the truth about God and sin. Similar to Chuck, kind of like the building inspector who's looking at the issues going on and highlighting to us what the problem is. The key points were that the Holy Spirit is God. The Holy Spirit convicts us of our sin. The Holy Spirit warns us of the coming judgment. If we continue to sin without turning to God in repentance and that the Holy Spirit teaches us primarily through the word of God in the Bible and as we read it, he helps us to understand it. In terms of putting it into action, turn from your sin and turn to Jesus and listen to God by reading the Bible. Have confidence once again in the Bible as the word of God and then in point two, we looked at the Holy Spirit um, indwelling believers and making them holy. The key points to remember here are that the Holy Spirit worked in Jesus. The Holy Spirit helps us to A, B, C, admit sin, believe Jesus, and continue to follow him. When we turn from our sin and believe in Jesus, the Holy Spirit himself comes to live within us. And then having the Holy Spirit in us means sin no longer rules over us and the Spirit can help us to fight sin and keep believing in Jesus. In terms of putting this into action, it means that as Christians, we can fight sin with confidence, knowing that it doesn't rule us. And we can also know that the same Spirit who helped Jesus can help us in our fight against sin. So we can fight sin with confidence. And lastly, point three, the Holy Spirit guarantees our future new life with Jesus. The key points are that the Holy Spirit unites us to Jesus, meaning when God looks at us, he sees Christ's righteousness. Nothing can separate Christians from God and his love, not even death, as the resurrecting spirit of Jesus lives within us. And the Holy Spirit is a crown of life that guarantees that one day we will have a heavenly inheritance of life with God forever. In terms of putting it into action, put your hope in God, for He can save us from death. And be joyful, because we have the crown of everlasting life. Let's pray together. Father, you know that our world is sinful. You know how it's torn apart by war and selfishness and greed. Lord, we pray that you would bring peace to Russia and Ukraine. Father, we pray that you'd bring peace to other war factor countries like Myanmar, yemen and ethiopia holy spirit we thank you that even in these places that are so hostile to jesus that you're working to convict people of sin and bring them to belief in jesus we pray father that you would strengthen believers struggling to follow you in these countries Holy Spirit, you don't just convict in these countries. Thank you that you convict people in Belfast. God, if there's anyone here tonight who doesn't trust you, we pray that you would convict them of their need to turn to believe and follow Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit that you've given to every single one of your children. Holy Spirit, I pray tonight that you would open up the eyes of our hearts to see the magnitude and the wonder of the fact that the spirit of jesus himself dwells within all of us who believe in you as we leave lord may we have renewed belief in the bible renewed strength and confidence in our fight against sin and renewed wonder and joy at the guarantee of an internal relationship with you. Amen.